Welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Danny Strange, and I will be your host as we walk through this Godspeed series together. We are a few weeks in. We would love to hear your thoughts on how the podcast has been for you so far. If you want to give us some feedback, send us a quick email at podcast at threecrosses.org. Let us know what you love, what you'd love to see more of, and we will definitely take that into account as we keep diving in. Today on the podcast, we get to talk with AJ Venegas. We are so excited to have you hear what he has to say. This is a man who is pursuing a dream of playing in the major leagues with a hundred mile an hour fastball before God sidelined him and gave him a direction for something new. We're excited for our podcast today. Thanks for joining us. AJ, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. Do you remember how we met? Do we remember how we met? Um, yeah, I do, actually. How was it? So it was great. It was a great time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we met after I got baptized. And you came up to me and you were like, who is this kid? You just gave like a two-minute sermon up there and got baptized and going to seminary. And you're like, I want to meet this kid. And that's how we met. That's how we met. I was really yeah. intrigued by your story of how God kind of took you from one career and started changing your traje- trajectory yeah. sort towards something else. And so today I, I wanted to sit down and talk about that a little bit because that's exactly where we're going in our sermon series this week is what happens when the Spirit of God gives us a vision for something new. So as we dive in, can you give everyone listening a little bit of glimpse of maybe a story of how your life was before uh, today, what you used to be doing in your life? Yeah. So... My life, for those of you who don't know me, was pretty much defined by baseball. And you could probably fast or rewind all the way back to my childhood, essentially. I mean, growing up, I was always really good. Uh, I knew I had some sort of talent. I just didn't know how good I was. Uh, As I continued, um, every weekend I played, um, just was gone all over the Bay Area, all over the country, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas. What was the the moment that you you thought, you know what, I I think this could actually become something, like like a career in my life? Yeah, so probably, I mean, in my high school years, uh, I was starting to get scouted. I mean, we'd have all 32 teams show up to our games, just little Redwood Christian showing up in the backs with their radar guns. like, man. (laughs) Uh, Then I got to play for Team USA, which is really cool. And so, like, I kind of knew, like, this this is serious. Mm -hmm. And then... um, Kind of the pinnacle was in high school. I got drafted by the San Diego Padres, and I was 16 at the time, and they offered me a lot of money. <laughs> Is that a normal thing to be a 16 year old and get a call from? Yes. Wow. Yes. So in the baseball world, or and it, I think specifically in the baseball world, you're allowed to get drafted out of high school, mm-hmm. and so they're trying to buy you out of education. Um, it's just a decision that, I mean as a 16 year old, you don't know what you're doing, you know, like, I mean, you don't know what your future holds. And then here's a ton of money, like seven figures and make a decision whether you're going to go to college or you're going to go play pro ball and chase a dream. And it's a decision that a lot of kids have to make. And it was kind of a, like, whoa, this is real now. Like <laughs> at 16 years old, at 16, at 16 years old. So. And you, so you decided you skipped it. You went to college, you went to Stanford, went played to Stanford, there. Yeah kind of fast forward a little bit and ended up playing ball. Um, where did you, where did you land? Give us a glimpse of your life, uh, where you landed. Yeah. So I landed at Stanford university. Um, you know, uh, there was a lot of just, yeah, there were, there was just a lot there. Um, going from such a small school, 
to a big school like that and uh, going from a Christian school to a more open school to ideas, I guess we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was shocking. It was a life shocking event. And, um, you know, I, I didn't find the success that I wanted there. Um, it was a struggle that in that way. It was a struggle academically. And uh, it just kind of threw me right on the ground. It, reality kind of hit. It was just like, man, this is, I mean, it's actually really tough. <laughs> like for the, my whole childhood, it just came easy to me. But then I got to college and then all of a sudden reality kind of set in. And, wow. Um, and, did, and did you quit at that point or think about quitting at that point? No, nah, never. No. <laughs> I was, I was going to Is that just not in it. your DNA? You're not a quitting? Yeah, for, no, right. yeah. <laughs> so you just keep plugging away. Yeah. And you came out of the slump? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just kind of kept working hard. You know, I was always taught just put your head down and work hard at it. Mm-hmm. Just keep going, keep going. Like, uh, be the hardest worker in the room sort of, sort of mentality. And yeah, just kind of kept my head down and kept going. Um, and so you keep plowing away, you're working hard, you're keeping yeah. your head down. Where, what do you feel like is the, where did you end up? What was the, you finally bring your head up and you look around and you're at a stadium somewhere. Like, what was that place? Give us a glimpse of what it looked like when you finally got to yeah. the place you wanted to be. So I never, never made it to the, the major leagues like you see on TV, mm-hmm. but I, I got up to high A, which is the third level away from the major leagues that you see on TV. Got drafted by the Dodgers out of college. And then I would say the highlight of that was I got to play in a spring training game. So just like the Giants and A's have their spring training uh, series in Oakland and uh, the AT&T Park, LA and Anaheim have, or Los Angeles now, they have their own series and I was invited. And so here I am walking on Angel Stadium, wow. just, man, this is it. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> so that was kind of the pinnacle moment. It was kind of crazy. And I love you kind of talking through just your own personality of never quitting going after it keeping your head down mm-hmm. working hard i know today you're no longer playing baseball and so yeah. give us a glimpse into what happened to move you from just dogmatically pursuing that direction uh, to kind of where you're at which seems like you're pursuing a different direction entirely yeah that's a good question <laughs> um you know like you said i mean like i guess i said myself you put your head down and you work hard and what that also does is it blinds you from anything else. Um, any good, really good athlete, professional athlete knows how much work it takes to get to that level. And what I found also on the spiritual level was that when I took my head out of the sand, I didn't just end up in this really big ballpark, but I ended up broken spiritually. Um, what does that look like? What's broken spiritually? Mean? Yeah, so I ended up just being, I mean, obsessed with my performance. Um, just when I failed, it I was the worst guy to be around. You can ask my wife. Um, <laughs> I mean, I sent some crazy text messages of doubt and like just phone calls of just like, it's over, I'm no good. Like it's, I'm just, I'm a failure sort of thing. And it just meant way too much to me. And I realized that far down the road. It took me a a long time to realize that. So, um, I think that was kind of the first tug at my heart 
uh, I started recognizing why do I care so much about this mm. this sport? Like, what is going on with my heart? Uh, it, I know I'm supposed to be like loving the Lord with all my heart. Why is it so drawn to this sport, and why is it so drawn to my performance? Was there like a specific time when you realized you started getting some clarity about your heart and the almost the idolatry you had towards mm. this profession of yours? Yeah, so I would say in a weird way, um, <laughs> looking back on it now, I can say this, but I am just so grateful that the Lord decided to uh, injure me <laughs> in a weird way. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but I keep he, he, he allowed me with God in the Old Testament. Yeah, he we wrestled. I mean, we wrestled. It was baseball or him. It was it was a definite wrestle match. Like I sympathize with Jacob so much because like I, I feel your pain. <laughs> but um, when I was a sophomore, I uh, ended up just blowing out my back. And, in college? In college. Yeah, oh. sophomore in college. Ended up blowing out my back. And for those of you who have back injuries, you know, like you can't really do anything upper body. You can't really do anything lower body. You're just done. <laughs> and that was new for me. Like that was the first time where it was like, this is out of my hands. And so I really had to wrestle with, am I going to continue to be uh, a servant of the Lord or am I going to just throw a pity party and just kind of go and just be sad, be depressed. And I wrestled with that a ton. I was, some days I was just like, this is the worst thing that could happen because here goes my dream slipping away from my hands. Mm -hmm. And some days it was, let's just put on the smile and keep going. <laughs> And it's interesting that yeah. sophomore year of college, you yeah. have this injury and you're thinking, okay, I might give up. But that's also the same period of time where you were saying that's when you kept your head down and kept going after it. Yeah. What what made you get to the point where you thought maybe this isn't what I should be doing with the rest of my life? Yeah. So that, that injury kind of compounded. Uh, so it started with my back and then it went to my shoulder and then <laughs> all my, I feel like all my injuries are like not figurative, but like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, symbolic. Hmm. All my injuries are very symbolic, I would say, because, you know, my back, it kind of, it kind of affected everything. It was like the Lord's touch in everything that I did. My arm, it was who I was. It was, I was a pitcher. And so I needed it for everything I did, but the Lord decided to touch that in a way. Hmm. And then he also, uh, I mean, with my surgery, I ended up getting back surgery uh, one of the symptoms I got was I contracted mono out of nowhere. Wow. And what it did is it sapped all my strength. And all of these are symbolic to what I'm trying to do. Um, it's just like I was pushing, like I imagine I was pushing this wall so hard and I, kept, I was working so hard at what I wanted to do and the Lord was just like, Nope. <laughs> and did you realize that at the time? No. Or, okay. No, I didn't realize it at the time. I was just like, man, all right, another adversity, another hurdle to, to kind of jump through. And is that, did it just feel like a challenge at the time or was it frustrating? What was the emotion when it was happening? Oh, yeah, it was, it was frustrating. It was really frustrating, but um, it gave me a lot of time to think. Hmm. Uh, the Lord, In terms of like just being sidelined and not able to yeah, use your body? Yeah, I, I had to just sit there and get to know my teammates a little better and... Just kind of go through the process of struggling with an injury. I mean, it was just a long time because it all happened within like two years. Wow. 
and I, I didn't play for like a good year and a half, two years, and just gave me a lot of time to think. And I started to realize, like, I started having conversations with my family and I started to realize maybe this isn't, maybe, maybe this is the Lord pulling me away. Hmm. Maybe this is the Lord, like, maybe I'm, I'm working hard and like, it's not showing up. Maybe that's a sign where I am going the wrong direction. Like I'm, I'm on a wrong path. I don't, yeah. And is that, if your personality is just power through it, get through obstacles, <laughs> what changed to make you evaluate those things in a different light? Yeah. Um, the constant, it was keep going, keep going. And it was, it wasn't showing up. It was weird. It was, um, as I continued to play, um, these injuries kept coming back. So the one in my shoulder, I mean, it was essentially a ticking time bomb. So they signed me and said, we're going to go until your arm blows out. Wow. And so I did. I went as hard as I could until my arm blew out. And every, every year, my velocity or my pitching speed just kept going down little by little, little wow. by little. And so now I'm pitching and when I do good, I know I can do more. So I'm not happy. When I do bad, I know I can do more again and I'm not happy. And so I'm now I'm not happy with anything. And I'm just like, where, what is going on? Like, it's just, everything is changing. What is happening? So I think, you know, I think of people who are listening to this, who may or may not be playing professional baseball, (laughs) but I've talked to so many people who are just doing the same thing over and over again and it's harder and harder and they're discouraged and they're depressed and it's dark and it's difficult and there's injury and one thing after another and they just feel like, you know, they're trying to keep their head down and move forward, but it just, they're feeling like, okay, something needs to change. Mm -hmm. You got to the point where, what was the point when you just decided, okay, something actually needs to change? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Um Arizona in the summer, it's not very, uh, not very cold. Let's say. <laughs> it's very hot. Um, hot like 120 and, hot. Yeah. Like so, I, so I, I always laugh when like there's like in the Bible, it just says you're going to like the desert to like iron <laughs> things out. I went to a literal desert, 125, <laughs> I think. Wow. It was the worst experience of my life. And here I am injured. I, I know my body is just not cooperating with me. Uh, I'm suffering of heat exhaust exhaustion every day and i'm like is this really what i want to do is this really what i want to do and i started just praying i mean just god is this is this what i'm supposed to be doing and was it a was it a prayer for something new to do or was it just a prayer of clarity like tell me if you want me to keep my head down what kind of prayer was it yeah it was kind of a prayer of just desperation i would say i mean i've worked so hard my whole life to get to this moment and here I am not experiencing the fulfillment that I thought and I'm suffering from injuries and I'm here stuck in this desert and it's, you laugh, but it's it's so hot there. Like it's miserable. (laughs) Like I'd be happy if I never had to go back there, but um, what is going on? Like that was sort of my prayer. Like what is happening? What is going on? And And how did God show up and redirect you in that season? Yeah. So he began to speak my language. 
he began, and we've talked about this, but he began to like ask me, why do you like this game so much? Sort of going back full circle, like why, why do you do this? And for the first time, I, I didn't really have an answer. I didn't know what I, why I did what I did. And that really bothered me. So I really started to, throughout that time of rehab in, in Arizona, I started really asking myself, why do I like this sport so much? And almost like this, this click in my head, it was just like, you know, you like the competition, but there is definitely a spiritual battle going on and you've experienced it yourself. Um, what if you participated in that? Something way more meaningful than any World Series or any big league game that you could ever play in. This is eternal life we're talking about. Did you, when God was starting to reveal that, did you know what he was talking about? Yeah. Okay. What, oh, was, yeah. He, what was he talking about? Just, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't know what I was, he was talking about. <laughs> but um, what were you picturing? What, what kind what was of I picturing? images were coming into your mind? So I was picturing, like, man, I've been trying to get to the wrong place. Like, like you're picturing like a like a I'm, I'm picturing or like so my goal is always to make the major leagues be on TV pitch for a, a team and win a lot you know and I was picturing just myself on this mound and just just pitching in front of all these people in an important game and like that's what I like to do that was the thrill of it that was the enjoyment of it and just hanging around the team being in the clubhouse and just I liked all of it. But the Lord really asked me, like, is that what it is or is there something deeper? And as I started digging deeper into, like, why I like doing what I do, I started to see more spiritual realities in the Bible. Sort of like, I mean, you're competing in this game, but I want you to compete for souls. Something worth way more than just a simple game. Mm. Um, and and I, so love, I love that. You know, I, I thought you were about to say, and then I realized it's super prideful to want to win something yeah. and be on TV. And so I realized I just become humble. Yeah. But instead you're saying, God showed up and said, this drive in you, I gave that to you, yeah. but you're driving the wrong direction yeah. in a yeah. sense for you in, in that yeah. moment. And here's a new map of a place that I want you to go. Yeah. I want you to drive towards this instead. And sort of as we just unraveled that, I mean, it just started peeling away layers. Just like, you know, you like competing. Let's compete for souls. You know, um, the stakes are high in this competition. Like it's eternal life we're talking about. Um, you like developing. You like working in a team. Well, the church is waiting for you. Like be on a team. Um, you need a uniform. And this is what we talked about mm -hmm. being baptized. Like get your uniform on, like get <laughs> baptized. This is your uniform. It's your spiritual uniform. It's, it's you join the team now. Um, and just left and right, just all sorts of things. Just, they just started falling into place and it was just like, wow. And so, I mean, once I got released, I kind of went into, I, I don't want to say depression, but I was just torn. I was just like, what do I do now? I'm completely gone. And that sort of thinking just kept with me. And as I just, the Lord just brought me to my knees in prayer and just, that just kept coming up. Like, you don't have to do something that I haven't given you already. You can tap into that. 
And, um, you know, the first thing that I always prided myself on was my work ethic. And so the Lord just spoke to me. He said, what would you do right now if it was baseball still? And the first thing I could think about was put my head down and train. And so my first step was going to seminary. Like that's the only way I knew how to train was get into the word, get into prayer and train for something bigger that's coming. And then the next step came. It was just like, all right, you're training, but you've worn so many uniforms. I want you to put on my uniform. And that's what led me to baptism. It just made sense. It was just like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I've worn Dodgers uniforms, Stanford uniforms, uh, high school uniforms, USA. I've worn it all. Mm -hmm. But the one I felt like I was missing was the Lord's and the Holy Spirit and just changing those clothes, making them new. And, you know, then we talked after I got baptized and you were just like, what's next? And we just said, you know, I think you said, get spiritual reps, Mm -hmm. you know, do something, you know, practice. That would be the next step. And so I just looked for where, where can I, you know, serve? Where can I be of service and, you know, just get those spiritual reps and then just looking to get in the game. That's sort of the next step, I guess. Love it. <laughs> it's I love sort it. of following this progression that it just makes sense to me. Yeah. And I love that. What I love about the progression is it on the outside, it looks like, okay, you had this pathway that led towards the major leagues mm-hmm. and you were going one direction. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden God shows up and now you're going a totally different direction, mm-hmm. which is true. But at the same time, it seems like when you walk through it, it's a lot more linear than that, where it's mm-hmm. almost like God used your your passion and your drive and your priorities and your training and your experience. Mm-hmm. You just thought he was training you to play in the majors, <laughs> but really what God had been training you, it was giving you a worldview and giving you a channel and giving you opportunities where that you could step into what, what was next on his agenda for you, which I know you have no idea what that is, <laughs> yeah. but it's I love to hear that it's a linear thing where it's not like you just wasted 20 years of your life playing baseball, but God, that God made that your training. Almost like you look in the old Testament, you see people like Moses who have all this shepherding training Mm -hmm. and then get to be shepherds of God's people. Mm -hmm. You had a really similar story where God wasted nothing along the way. Yeah. And I mean, I just don't want to make it sound like this all happened like in an instant (laughs) because there was a good, after I got released in 2016, there was a good two years where I just spent, I mean, just crying my eyes out, mm-hmm. really. Um, just extremely humbled, felt like I had nothing. Um, just, I mean, I felt this the spirit of doubt and just like, I mean, we talked about, I mean, last week, just the spiritual forces at work. Mm-hmm. And they were real, they were real. And it brought me to my knees and it took me a while to iron all this out. But yeah, you're right. Like the Lord just, he used everything about who I was and he just turned it on its head. And I'm still in the process of figuring it out. I don't know where this all leads. Um, But I feel the same thrill that pitching in front of all those people you know, talking in the clubhouse with all these these people, you know, um, experiencing the day-to-day grind, putting your head down in work. Like, this is worth it. Like, this is 
there's nothing worth more than doing this for the Lord. And that's what I am experiencing. Like I can actually put my head down and work and go on the grind for something that's actually going to be eternal. Like, man, what a, what a privilege that is. I, I just, I love it. And I can actually compete for souls that, that and and minds that are have eternal consequences and that could change somebody's life like just seeing people's life transformation it's it's just i yeah i i have no words it's just thrilling it's amazing and i you know we talk about you've lived in these extremes where most of the people listening aren't pursuing the major leagues and most of the people listening aren't going to be pursuing full-time vocational ministry. But at the same time, a lot of people who are listening are thinking, okay, that's me. Like I'm keeping my head down, trying to stay alive, but I'm increasingly hating this that I'm doing Mm -hmm. right now and wondering, God, why do you have me in this season? What advice do you have to people who are in a season now where they're starting to feel like you felt in Arizona thinking, this is just drying up. How do Mm -hmm. they navigate from where they are? To where God would have them to be next. Yeah. Um, slow down. It would have never occurred to me if the Lord didn't actively injure me, didn't actively have his hand on me to slow me down. Um, I think there is a competition for silence going on in America. That's just my general belief, especially in my life. Um, you know, there's not many places you can get silent, but part of those two years where I was just wrestling with the Lord of what was next, just being silent with the Lord and like letting him do the talking, letting him lead, letting him speak into your life. But you can only do that if you slow down. Um, if you take your head out of the sand, take your head out of the grind for a second and realize that. The Lord knows your time constraints. Uh, somebody once told me, like, it almost seems like when you get into the Word and you pray, like, time slows down a little bit. I feel like the Lord knows your soul and the Lord knows your angst with time. So give Him the time, you know? Let Him speak into your life. Because it, it wouldn't have happened if He didn't injure me and didn't give me those that time to just sit and stew over why I actually do what I do. Well, thank you so much for being willing to, to sit in here today and give us a glimpse a little bit into some of the tougher moments of your life. I really do think that the people who are listening are experiencing a lot of those same things in whatever context they're in. And so that advice to slow down, whether it's Sabbath or silence or scripture or rest, I think is going to be really huge for people. So thank you for being willing to share that with yeah, us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again for joining us on the Three Crosses podcast today. Wasn't it amazing to hear the way that AJ wrestled with God in the desert of Arizona? A lot of us have wrestling to do. I hope you can wrestle with the Lord this week and let's see what he does. And we would love to hear your feedback on the podcast so far. Again, send us an email, podcast at threecrosses.org. Let us know what you love. Let us know what we should change. And we will take that into account as we continue to develop. Have a great week. Have a great week.